Hello out there, Bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, Adjunct Professor of Media and Communications here at Drew, and I am in the archives in the conference room with Candace Riley, Manager of Special Collections. Candace, how are you doing on this fine spring day? Loving it. Loving so it. So happy yeah. to be inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, doing well. Um, I'm really happy it's the spring semester and the weather's still good. But yeah, we have uh, two guests today. Excellent. Again. So we're keeping up with our kind of student interviews. Wonderful. I love it. Um, so we have two of my student workers here today. We have Emma Breyer and we have Lizzie Schack. And they are... I feel like they've been working here forever, but I, they haven't. <laughs> and so, Emma, you started here in the fall, right? The fall of 20... This past fall. 21. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I had it to... It all the, blurs together. It's all the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, so, fall 2021. And Lizzie, same thing with you, right? I started in spring of 21, but over in the library, and then I transferred yeah. over here in the fall. Yes. So, Lizzie started doing a little bit of, like, conservation, making boxes, but then we felt that with her passionate art history, it fit better to be here in special collections. Yeah. So yeah, they've been here and they've been doing everything from running the reading room to doing some shelving to helping researchers, their own projects, some transcription, some little of everything. But the most exciting bit is they are co-curating our summer show. All right. Yeah, let's talk about it because we're, as we said, we're dark usually uh, <laughs> as a podcast during the summer. Yes. So this is a great to uh, to get a little talk about what's going on here uh, in the archives uh, over those slower months the slower months which that's when we do a lot more projects that we have to yeah. catch up on uh-huh. um but if, for people that want to come to see the show um it's monday through thursday nine to five and then fridays we will close probably at one o'clock so nine to one o'clock okay but yeah so take it away lizzie and emma tell me about the show the title you're thinking of i mean you're, we're not launching it so it's still a little bit in workshop mode mm-hmm. um but the inspiration behind it um, I think we were mainly inspired by a lot of the imagery we have in the special collections. I know Candace is interested in a lot of medieval art, and we were focused on beasts and monsters, so we thought nothing better to do than to define monstrosity throughout our different collections here at the special collections. Um, yeah, so we're using materials from the archives and the library combined. Um, we actually just took out a couple books to do some more research. Um, so... We're focusing on the different types of monstrosity and how we can decode that and find out its origins and the different types and kind of go from folklore and legend and everyday life and what people see as monstrosity today and in the past. And another big thing we're trying to focus on with this is having a bigger digital and accessible component. So we're going to be creating a WordPress site to have the whole exhibit on as well, along with some interactive elements throughout the display so that it is also accessible online and it's also something we can carry with us for the rest of our lives and into our careers. Yeah, especially with, like, Lizzie's very interested in exhibit design especially, so she's taking a very artistic approach to how to walk through the exhibit space. Oh, cool. So that's a very cool new feature for the summer, and I think this will also be a lot of fun for members of the community to come and see um, and very just engaging with a ton of really great art because monsters are fun. Always, yeah. Very fun, very wild. Very wild. <laughs> so I know one of the cases you mentioned, fairy tale themed. What are you thinking about that case? Um, what do we have for fairy tale? I know we have that accordion book that we are going to mm-hmm. pull out with just the short stories, the typical fairy tales, like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and no, that was folklore. We have a really cool sketchbook accordion piece that has some 
folklore kind of stuff in that. Um, well, I think we're going to be focusing on pulling out some themes in terms of the fairy tales and folklore more involved than imagery. And I know a big thing we were going to focus on is like fear and sort of like teaching morals throughout fairy tales and folklore, which are based off of fear. And fear is a large element that is tied to monstrosity. So we're going to work on how monstrosity is scary and how it also isn't scary and it can be defined in other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they have been doing a ton of research in secondary sources. They spent a lot of their spring break and after that reading books about how does one define a monster? And there are so many different you know, articles or methods to kind of approach that scholarship. And they've been looking at, as Leslie mentioned, fear is one way to define monstrosity. Um, or it could just be, you know, maybe something's visually not monstrous, but it still acts monstrous. So then to try to like weasel out all these definition of terms has been a big part of their research. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that one of our cases, I think I've decided on doing something Nuremberg Chronicle related, which is one of our pride and joys. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of different creatures and hybrid beings that are seen in a lot of the pictures and kind of going through where did those come from? Because some of them are from other cultures and some of them are just consistent through different cultures other than just English and German. Um, so trying to go through that, figure that out, or might lean into dragons because who doesn't like dragons? Um, <laughs> those are everywhere. Um, and depending on how much stuff we have, we might do a case on women and why women have been viewed as the type of monstrosity um and go into that so hopefully we can yeah. find stuff we'll focus both on like physical forms of women as monsters and also just in terms of like an old hag mm-hmm. or something the way that they act why it's termed monstrous why it's deemed as unknown scary which comes up in fairy tales a lot mm-hmm. too that's what you guys are going to touch upon like a little bit in your fairy tale case that it's always like the evil stepmother mm-hmm. or something like that so what does that say yeah. <laughs> um so there's i think something for everybody really in this summer exhibit that Definitely. they're touching on so many different monsters. Like I know the first case is going to have some images of like werewolves, vampires, Frankenstein. So what do you think of as a monster? But for our modern day culture, it's at least I think of it like, yes, the scary things Halloween related, right. but it's so much more than that. And if you break it down between the different contexts, like they were saying fairy tale, folklore, maybe some more legendary monsters that come in a little bit here and there. I know Medusa is going to make an appearance in one mm-hmm. case because she's a great figure of legend, yes. but then has been a symbol throughout art for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I think Caravaggio's Medusa is one of your guys' favorites yes. in the cases. No, we don't have the real Caravaggio. <laughs> so we have the image in a book. Um, so I'm really excited to see this, and I think Thank it's you. going to be a very interesting way to think about how we as a people today, or as our people in the past, have thought about the monster is. And I think the elements people learn from our exhibit, they'll be able to apply to their own studies, especially students, because monstrosity can be really applied to anything that you're looking at that you're unfamiliar with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite book that you that you know you're going to be putting in the exhibit? Oh, gosh. I know I've thrown at you. I know you mentioned the Nuremberg Chronicle, so I'm going to say not, don't say the Nuremberg Chronicle. <laughs> I'm excited to include the Persian manuscript, if we can, the Shana mm-hmm. because there are, is imagery of dragon in there, which I find interesting because it plays into our whole like dragon slayer, princes, fairy tales. It ties into that as well. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking most forward to. Um, 
I probably think the Pare, which we did already scan because I went through our little Mythical Beast encyclopedia that we ordered, mm-hmm. and a lot of those are identified. Um, and to go into that and, you know, the little mermaid lady with chicken feet. Yes, the siren. Mm-hmm. Go into <laughs> um, find really similar imagery and talk about those and why they decided to depict, like, dolphins, like some crazy monster with... Mm-hmm. And that's something that is always going to happen, especially when we get into our medieval iconography, right? The bestiaries look a bit wild. Like, that's not a shark. That's not a dolphin that looks like a a hermit crab. Like, what were you drawing here? (laughs) Um, But that's part of the fun. And I think people will definitely get a kick out of that. I know they took out a giant book today from the library on the grand medieval bestiary, and it has some amazing art in it. Um, But yeah, the paré... His definition of what it is to be monstrous is really going to be a fascinating look into the exhibit. And that is one of our more favorite books as well in our collection. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about Paré a bit in a previous episode. We did, yeah. It's absolutely huge. There's so many different beasts I classify them more as. So it seems even if they, it seems that they were real at the time, you know, prior mm-hmm. to photographs, all the animals look like monsters. Well, a giraffe off. pops in there too, right? Yeah. It's like the giraffe is as a monster, but then it's next to this giant lobster. And yeah. you're just like, are they both real? Is it just the giraffe? Maybe is it's it the sea monsters in the bow of the ocean that we don't know anymore. Like the sea pig. Yeah. <laughs> that pops up there quite a bit. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And I think if we have, the availability to include like misconceptions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially like with the Nuremberg and the Pare, there are a lot of things that they'll say like it's just a person from Africa, but it's this random creature or someone from the Middle East, or then in the Pare, it's like just a normal fish mm-hmm. or a giraffe or a dog, and it looks crazy. Um, it looks like a monster to us, but to them, maybe it wasn't as much of a monster. Absolutely. I know. And that's kind of an interesting thing that you're looking at monsters across culture, geograph. Like, it's just, it's so, it's such a big project you guys are undertaking. So I'm excited to see the results. Um, and I think the community is going to be really interested in your monsters depictions. I hope so. <laughs> My last question for you is what's your favorite monster? Mermaids. Mermaids. Mm-hmm. Not the chicken feet ones, not a siren. You're talking about classic mermaid fish tail. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I gotta say dragons. <laughs> dragons are so cool. <laughs> Both of you, it's very medieval. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and promoting your exhibit. I will be launching at the end of April. So we have two weeks, basically. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and it will be live. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to the digital exhibit too, which we can share once that is ready to go on our Instagram at your office. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much, Emma and Lizzie, for stopping by. Of course. Looking forward to your exhibit. Thank you. That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend, or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. 
So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.